Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean O' Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because, as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. Y'all, was your Mother's Day amazing or what? Well, mine was pretty good. I had some friends and family in town and hosted an amazing brunch and had a really relaxing weekend. Although my mom actually missed her spa appointment, caused me to lose my deposit, which of course cost 50% of the total cost of the services. So I basically, you know, donated some money for Mother's Day, but you know, it's all good. I'm not salty. Mm-mm, no, I'm not. I'm just really glad that the rest of the weekend went way better than I planned it to. Well, like I said a few episodes ago, it's preeclampsia awareness month, which is something near and dear to my heart, having lost a cousin due to complications of preeclampsia. And sadly, she was only 23 years old at the time of her death. Now, we're not going to talk about preeclampsia again, but I do have an episode on it on season one. And I believe that that was episode number three. And we also just discussed HELP syndrome, which is one of the complications of preeclampsia, about two episodes ago. So go back and listen to those two episodes this month for sure. But since one of the symptoms of preeclampsia is a headache, We're going to talk about another diagnosis that can cause a headache, and that's what's called pseudotumor cerebri, or what some call idiopathic intracranial hypertension, meaning, yeah, you have elevated pressure in your brain, but we have no idea why is basically what that means, which is why they call it pseudotumor cerebri, because it acts like a tumor, right? So if you have a tumor or a mass effect, in your brain, your, your intracranial pressure or the pressure inside of your brain is increased. Well, with pseudotumor, it's acting like a tumor, but it's really not a tumor. It's a condition that's caused by increased intracranial pressure with no pathological reason or evidence of what's called hydrocephalus or aka too much fluid on the brain. In order to make this diagnosis, your physician will use a modified dandy criteria, which includes five things. If you have symptoms and signs of increased intracranial pressure, so you just feel like you have pressure inside of your brain, you feel like you have a headache all the time, you feel dizzy or weak. Two, you have normal brain imaging. It's not like you do have an actual mass on your brain or you do have too much fluid inside of certain parts of your brain, except for what's called an empty cella turcica or a shrunken pituitary gland. We can sometimes see that with people that have pseudotumor cerebri. So number three, if you get a lumbar puncture, which is 
if you remember, like they have to almost do like a lumbar puncture when you're getting an epidural. So they you know, stick a needle inside of your spine and basically infuse pain medicine to cause you to be numb from that area down so you won't feel any contractions. Well, a lumbar puncture is done a similar way, right? So they're going to take, put a needle into the spinal canal and the, you'll see clear cerebral spinal fluid, which is the fluid that circulates around the brain and down the spine. That will come out clear, okay? And that opening pressure or the pressure that is measured when the needle is inserted just into the right point of, that, uh, of the spine, that pressure is what's measured in millimeters of water. So if that pressure is high, so pressure of 250 millimeters of water or greater, then that could be one of the signs of pseudotumor cerebrate or idiopathic intracranial hypertension. Number four, the contents within the spine is completely normal. And the fifth criteria would be if other causes of those symptoms have already been excluded. So we know you have no other diagnosis that could cause you to have your headaches or elevated pressure in your brain. Once they go through those five criteria, then that means that, hey, maybe you have pseudotumor cerebri or idiopathic intracranial hypertension. The other cause or the other criteria, the last one, would be if all other symptoms and diagnosis have been excluded. So meaning you don't have a mass, you don't have any medical condition that could cause your symptoms. We've excluded other reasons for you having a headache. Then we say, okay, it must be that you have pseudotumor cerebri or what's called idiopathic intracranial hypertension. Now, symptoms of this include a severe headache that oftentimes originates behind your eyes. Some people hear a swooshing sound in their head that pulses with the heartbeat. You can have nausea and vomiting and also dizziness as well. Now, mind you, this is different than the typical headache of preeclampsia, which is usually all over the brain. And sometimes it can be isolated to the back of the head. And especially if a patient has an eclamptic seizure, we see on MRI or imaging just increased signals in the back of the brain. And that's called posterior reversible encephalopathy syndrome where people aren't, aren't oriented anymore. They may have issues with um, being aroused. That would be where their headache would be uh, signaled at with that severity of preeclampsia and eclampsia. But most of the time, preeclampsia, generalized headache all over the brain, pseudotumor cerebri, pressure behind the eyes, mostly. About 2 to 15% of women with pseudotumor cerebri, seek medical attention for symptoms during the pregnancy or the relate onset of their symptoms to a prior pregnancy. So this is a very common time for this diagnosis, which is why we see it a lot of times during the pregnancy. Acetazolamide, or also what's called diamox, is the most common treatment for this. And it's just a diuretic, right? So it's just trying to offload some of the fluid that your body has to try to decrease the pressure inside of the brain. This is, uh, this theoretically can decrease the production of fluid that your brain makes that circulates through the brain and down the spinal cord. People with pseudotumor cerebri usually do pretty well during pregnancy. Both the mom and the baby do well. Visual outcomes in women with uh, pseudotumor cerebri in pregnancy are the same as those 
that are not pregnant. So there's no greater risk of recurrence of pseudotumor cerebri with subsequent pregnancies when compared to everyone else. The spontaneous abortion rate with uh, women with pseudotumor cerebri is the same as women without. So this does not increase your risk of poor outcomes. It's just it's pretty much symptomatic, right? It's a, something we need to do to cause you your symptoms to be treated, not necessarily something that can cause you to have a miscarriage or that's associated with a higher risk of stillbirth, luckily. All right, so now that we know a little bit more about pseudotumor cerebri, we will go to some cases. Our first case is a 22-year-old who is 30 weeks pregnant with her first child. She has been diagnosed with idiopathic intracranial hypertension. She has had headaches off and on her entire pregnancy. She has been followed by neurology. She was previously on Diamox, but discontinued it because she thought it was unsafe in pregnancy. Besides IIH, she has not had any other complications. She was told by one of her providers that a C-section is recommended for mode of delivery due to her diagnosis. However, she really wants to deliver vaginally. She was referred for a second opinion. If her symptoms are really due to just intracranial idiopathic hypertension, which is what IIH stands for, idiopathic intracranial hypertension, which is the same thing we've been talking about, pseudotumor cerebri. Remember, it does cause elevated intracranial pressure, but usually it's not enough pressure in your brain that will cause you to herniate. Now, if there is a mass effect and something else is causing the increased intracranial pressure, that's not pseudotumor cerebri, then I can understand why she would not be allowed to push. Pushing would not be a good thing if a patient had a history of a stroke or a tumor or anything that causes really elevated intracranial pressure, right? But idiopathic intracranial hypertension is usually not high enough to cause you to have any bad things to happen. What do we mean by bad things? We mean herniate, like the pressure is so high that you are going to literally herniate and that can cause problems with breathing, that can cause problems with you being aroused and it could even cause death. IHHS is usually, excuse me, IIH is usually not that severe enough to cause this. Now, mind you, I would yield to the neurologist to make sure that you're somebody that is well controlled um, on uh on, on or off of Diamox, which you did not have to continue during the pregnancy. You could take during the pregnancy because it is considered safe. But if your symptoms are controlled and, and or you can be started on Diamox and that can control your symptoms, there's really no reason to have a C-section. You should be able to safely deliver vaginally just fine. And that's after excluding all other diagnosis, like I say, and excluding something else that, um, could be associated with increased intracranial pressure because there are conditions that are associated with increased intracranial pressure that are not pseudotumor cerebri. So if it is strictly isolated pseudotumor cerebri, then you should not have to have a C-section. If it's not and you've had a shunt place of some sort because of increased intracranial pressure, that's not idiopathic, meaning there's a reason that you have increased intracranial pressure, then you would need a C-section. So the case pearl for this case is the increased intracranial pressure occurring during labor is transient. It's not harmful. It's not sustained. 
A C-section is not required and no special precautions are necessary for a C-section for delivery at all. Um, You can do the same anesthesia you've always done. You can do an epidural if you want to. You can have a spinal if you want to. No special considerations have to be taken just for idiopathic intracranial hypertension. All right, medical intern, what's our second case? Our second case is a 42-year-old who is 36 weeks pregnant with her second child. She was diagnosed with pseudotumor cerebrae and has been stable on acetazolamide this pregnancy. However, most recently, she has had throbbing headaches and double vision. Her blood pressures have also been very mildly elevated, with her blood pressures ranging from 130s to 150s over 80s to 100s. She's referred for adjustment of her acetazolamide and delivery recommendations. In this case, I understand that she has a diagnosis of pseudotumor cerebri, which remember is the same thing as idiopathic intracranial hypertension. But usually this does not cause you to have high blood pressures. This is going to cause you to have isolated symptoms of a headache. You could have nausea and vomiting just because the pressure feels so high. Uh, in your brain, but it should not drive your actual blood pressure up. So anytime I have somebody with elevated blood pressures and a headache and double vision, that's preeclampsia until proven otherwise. So remember, just to recap, the symptoms of preeclampsia, headache that doesn't go away with Tylenol, double vision or blurry vision, and then pain on the right side at the top of your abdomen or your belly and the location of your liver. Those are your three symptoms of preeclampsia. So this patient has two out of the three symptoms of preeclampsia plus elevated blood pressures. So this is not just her pseudotumor cerebri talking here. This is preeclampsia until I prove otherwise. So I would recommend doing a complete blood count, a complete metabolic panel to look at the electrolytes, look at the kidney function, look at the liver function. I want to also make sure I'm checking their urine for protein. Remember, protein of over 300 milligrams in a 24-hour sample or a protein to creatinine ratio of 0.3 would be significant. So when you go to, and I know that's not something you usually get in your general OB's office unless you have elevated blood pressures, but you would get the normal urine dipstick at every single visit, right? So if you did a normal urine dipstick and they said, oh, your urine dipstick is three plus, that is equivalent or old school days used to be equivalent to having significant proteinuria of at least 300 milligrams. And that is what would prompt us to do those other two labs, meaning your protein to creatinine ratio or a whole 24-hour urine collection. So the urine dipstick is the clue, three plus on a urine dipstick. So if this patient has protein and elevated blood pressure, even without the headache or the blurry vision, she would be criteria for preeclampsia. But with the headache and the blurry vision and the elevated blood pressures, even without the protein, we would treat this patient as if they had preeclampsia. Would she need her acetazolamide adjusted? Well, probably, yeah, we would adjust it up if we could, if we had a ways to go with that. It wouldn't hurt. But if this is uh, because of preeclampsia, we can't ignore the fact that there's a headache there, which means that patients that are already 36 weeks with symptoms of preeclampsia and elevated blood pressures would require delivery. Now, anybody that had that needs a delivery before 37 weeks would need steroids 
steroid injections, two of them. And we give people steroids called either beta-methasone or dexamethasone, not prednisone. We don't do that for steroids for, for lung maturity. But we get beta-methasone or dexamethasone to try to help accelerate the baby's lung maturity because we know that babies that are born before 37 weeks do have a higher risk of NICU admission. But we can't delay delivery more than a couple of days to get those steroids on board because if you really have preeclampsia and you have persistent symptoms, that can put you at risk for a lot of bad things happening. So go back and listen to the previous episode a couple weeks ago can lead to help syndrome, which is when your platelets are low, you have bleeding complications. It can lead to eclampsia, which is when you have a seizure during pregnancy. It can lead to a heart attack or stroke. This can be a dangerous situation. And at 36 weeks, I mean, why risk it, right? 36-week babies that have steroids on board to accelerate the lung maturity can walk out of the vagina and be completely fine. Like go home with you, strap the baby up in a car seat and move on about your business. So at 36 weeks, we're really not playing games with this. We want to give you steroids, get you delivered as soon as possible. Because at this point, just by just by going over this case, I know you have preeclampsia. So let's say you deliver. Your blood pressures are better, but you still have the headache. Then we want to make sure we get the neurologist on board to see if this really is a symptom of pseudotumor cerebri or if this is just sustained symptoms, persistent symptoms still with preeclampsia that we need to treat with more pain meds and not just a diuretic. So we would have to work together between the brain specialist, which is the neurologist, someone like me who's a high-risk pregnancy specialist, and your general OBGYN to make sure that everybody's coming together to say what's causing the headache And how can we treat the preeclampsia and the headache that could be due to both pseudotumor cerebri compounded by preeclampsia? The case pearl for this case is pseudotumor cerebri does not present with high blood pressure. A headache along with elevated blood pressures should be evaluated for preeclampsia and other pregnancy related blood pressure issues. All right, medical intern, do we have any email cases? Yes, this one says, Dr. Plenty, I have known pseudotumor cerebrae and have had headaches off and on this pregnancy. I'm 34 weeks pregnant with my first child and really would like an epidural when I go into labor. However, I'm afraid this will cause me to have complications. Is it generally safe for patients like me to get an epidural while in labor? So just like I talked about in case one, I mean, usually with pseudotumor cerebri, you are going to have slightly elevated intracranial pressure, right? But it's not high enough for you to have issues with herniation or brain herniation, which can be detrimental. The exclusion would be if you're still getting a workup for pseudotumor cerebri and they haven't excluded organic causes like, hey, you do have hydrocephalus or too much fluid on the brain or you do have a mass there, you do have something that's causing the pressure in your brain to be elevated, then that would be a reason for you not to have an epidural, right? You should not have an epidural and you probably shouldn't deliver vaginally. You should probably either have uh, what's called an assisted vaginal delivery where we place forceps and help pull the baby out, a vacuum where we place suction on the baby's head and pull the baby out, or go straight to C-section. 
But generally speaking, and like I say, I would talk to my neurologist to see if you're the rare exception that the pressure inside of your brain is way, way high. But generally speaking, people that have idiopathic intracranial hypertension, aka pseudotumor cerebri, should be able to labor vaginally and they should be able to have an epidural or a spinal if they so choose to have that for anesthesia during uh, lab- the labor and delivery process. So in short, yes, it is generally safe, but I would recommend talking to your neurologist to make sure that all other issues have been excluded before you proceed with the, a vaginal delivery with epidural placement. All right. So I think that that is all of our questions for tonight. And my medical intern is shaking her head. Yes. So thank you guys so much for listening to Pregnancy Pearls podcast. I hope you've learned a little bit more about pseudotumor cerebri, which is another cause of headaches that are common in women of childbearing age. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to share with your friends, rate and comment. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. And feel free to check out my smiling face on the YouTube channel for quick talks about pregnancy complications. The website, which is drnicoleplenty.com for free pregnancy downloadables. And for goodness sake, catch up on the podcast. We have some amazing content just for you. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.